0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Well, mission accomplished, my friends. Mission accomplished by Elon Musk for, well, purchasing Twitter. What many folks said could not be done. Elon Musk appears, according to what we've seen reported, to have pulled off the purchase of Twitter, uh, of, of Twitter, making it a private company, effectively. And we're going to talk about this today. In fact, I wasn't overly uh, confident that he would pull this off either. I did think it would get interesting. Um, but I am a little bit surprised that it happened um, as it did. But, you know, there's there's things to consider. I mean, the board of directors, they have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders. And when someone makes an offer <laughs> um, that is you know, clearly in the best interest of of a stock that's being publicly traded. It does raise all sorts of interesting questions. I don't want to get too much into that. That's not so much my area of expertise and knowledge, but there are some things that I do want to get into today that I think, I just think this is going to be a, A, I think it's, let me say this. I think this is very good news. Oz isn't sure that she agrees with me on this, but, I think we can say, except the obvious, that there's some really positive things that can come from this. With without saying that we that this you know that Elon Musk is a perfect guy that's going to have no uh, you know faults or problems or anything like that. That's not what that means. It just means Twitter, and social media, big tech in general, has been an absolute unmitigated disaster, um, and it's been a place where ideas are literally. Um, not allowed to be shared, and it's not because of any violation of policy. That's that's the guise under which this often uh, takes takes shape. Now, of course, there are examples of people breaking policy, but that's not the main driving force. I mean, Project Veritas has you know done some undercover journalism here that exposes this reality. Anyway, lots to say about this today. Email. Folks, email address for yours um, truly here, sitting behind the microphone, Todd at ToddHoffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, adoration, and praise can always be sent to that email address, uh, address Todd at ToddHoffShow.com. So let us explore this a little bit. A couple of things come to my mind when I first saw, first saw that Elon Musk appeared to have successfully made a purchase of Twitter, which was, I think, between 43 and $44 billion, with a B, dollars. Lots of money. You know what they say, every $44 billion helps. So, Elon Musk purchases Twitter. I think, and I think this is pretty clear. I do. I think this is very clear, no matter what your personal opinions of Musk. I think this is a major victory for those who want to see social media be a place where free and robust conversations and debate can exist. Now, it's just one of the platforms, but it's one of the bigger platforms, right? For years now, we've had competitors, and I'm not here to disparage any competitors. Um, I would like to see some of these alternative social media platforms succeed. But when you go in to open a social media platform, for a group of people, a specific group of people. Um well, A, it's not easy. If 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 you could just start a social media platform with the, you know, the snap of a finger or the blink of an eye, lots of people would do this. These sorts of things are not easily achieved. Um, but especially whenever you are, you know, not targeting a chunk of the American population when you say this is for conservatives now you may have created a niche but again a lot of these platforms have just not taken off they might be there might be some good things about them um there might be some some promise of course we got trump's truth social which is out there as well by the way trump came out yesterday said he's not going, <laughs> he's not going back to twitter i love this by the way first of all i will say this I think I find myself in agreement with the the general things that Trump says the 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 you know the big kind of decisions and statements that he makes not not on a line by line basis but the bigger things I generally find myself agreeing with his decisions a lot of times many times oftentimes maybe the vast majority of times almost all the time what you know a lot of the time um, but I think he's I think he's wrong on this now in fairness, I don't mean like morally wrong. I just think he's making I, I think it would be much better for Trump and for the conservative movement if Trump said I'm gonna you know if Elon Musk opened up Trump's Twitter account today or whatever and Trump jumped back on there and started tweeting away and that would be a good thing i think for trump that would be i think that would be a good thing for twitter i think people are dying to see this happen again metaphorically speaking if you're a literalist uh radical leftist that is meant to be hyperbolic and for exaggerative effect only but i think trump's wrong here trump will not return this is a headline fox news will not return to twitter even as elon musk purchases platform will begin using his own truth social So you'll remember when Trump got booted from all these platforms, which included at the time, I'm trying to go, I just read this earlier. What was it? Here it is. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. They all came, they permanently suspended President Trump after the Capitol riots on January 6th of 2021. And he was taken down from all of those platforms. In fact, there's a screenshot here on the article at foxnews.com, that shows Trump's profile. It doesn't even have his picture, but it's got his, you know, Donald J. Trump, at real Donald Trump, 88.7 million followers. 88.7, that's a lot. A lot of people. And that's not just, how many many people do the tweets get to that just see the tweets reported on the the evening news or on another social media platform? Or, my goodness, I mean, at a Trump... (laughs) a Trump rally or something. I who knows all these all these tweets all these messages all these things coming directly from the former president Donald J Trump. I mean that's that's a lot of people that this this actually touches. But he says bottom line he told Fox News this uh, we're, I'm not going back to Twitter. Um again he's invested money in Truth Social. Which um, was formally launched. I'm looking at the article from Fox News here last month, and you know there's obviously mountains of challenges when you're doing something like that. But he says, "Look, this is this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be truthing over here at Truth um, Truth Social, and he's trying to draw people over there. If you want to hear what the president has to, or the former president has to say, you go to Truth Social. That's kind of the position Trump's taken." And this is, I mean, this is Trump, by the way, right? So Elon Musk, it's almost like the Trump story, in a sense, (laughs) almost, in some ways, eclipses the Elon Musk headline, right? Elon Musk is going to pony up $43, $44 billion. He proved that he had, you know, financing and all this stuff. And that's the lead story until Trump says, nah, I think I'm going to stay over here at Truth Social. By the way, this is why Trump is a master of the art of, of public relations and and controlling the media narrative because <laughs> it, it almost follows naturally that, you know, Elon Musk buys Twitter. I think that there's a lot of good from that. Trump says, hey, I, there's, that's a good thing. He's he's a free speech sort of guy. He's going to make some improvements. He's a good, good man. But I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be on tr- truth social, Trump says. And that's where you can find me. So he gets free publicity for his platform out of all of this. I mean, it's just remarkable just to think about that That in and of itself. But I do think, obviously, the reach would be much greater. And people, I mean, look, people who've never been on Twitter, I think, are considering getting a Twitter account today. You know, maybe if you know Elon Musk takes control, we start seeing people that have been... Shut down, suspended. What Project Veritas, the Babylon B. You know these places may they should. I I think we could almost expect at some point in the not too distant future for this to be the immediate result of this purchase. And listen, for those of you that don't get on, so I know I know we got a lot of people in the audience who don't go to social media. I'm not a fan. You've heard me say this, and if you connect with me on social media, I love using it as a tool to connect with you. But I personally. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't personally, it's just, I don't know. I don't necessarily like it. I But it's, there's a lot of, you can use it for good. I'm not one of these people that believe it's inherently bad. Of course, just like with anything, money, for example, can be used for great things. Money can be used for really atrocious things. Likewise, Twitter can be used for great things and for very bad things. And Twitter has been used by the people who owned it previously for some very bad things things and I think I think that Elon Musk is going to come in. I do I believe this I think he he is a true believer in free speech I really believe this and I think um he's gonna do his best to clean it up I think he's also going to make some improvements to the platform I think they're gonna I think they're gonna do their best to try to find and make sure that these people on Twitter are real people and they're not not bots you know, not not robots and fake accounts and so forth. It's it's gonna focus on free speech. He's he's expressed this. And look, whatever you think about Elon Musk, and I'm not saying look, there, there's some he's a he's a brilliant guy, interesting guy, peculiar guy, um, sometimes a little strange, very intelligent. I, I like Elon Musk. I'm just saying that I get there may be some things people don't don't like about it but just when you by saying i like him it's not like a full um full on endorsement i don't know what's going to happen you know with with twitter or elon musk he may after running twitter i'm not i'm not suggesting i think this will happen but it's just like when say sandra day o'connor was appointed to the supreme court and you look at some of her i don't know decisions and logic and reasoning and rationale in later years she kind of moved to the left of where people thought she was going to be on the on the supreme court and that happens to people happens to people that are elected i'm not saying i think it's going to happen with elon musk i actually think he's a pretty principled guy i've watched in fact i watched some clips of interviews from him and or with him from different people and i think this guy i mean he's a he's a passionate guy he's an intelligent guy And he's got a heck of a story. I just, I love it. I just, I love it. I love that he's bought this. And again, I say this as much to Oz over here as anybody, but I think we can be, we can say these things. I can say that Twitter is already going to be better today than it was yesterday before the purchase, um, Not because Elon Musk is perfect, not because everything I think he's going to do is going to be something I give him the thumbs up for on this program. I'm not predicting that. It's just, it was so awful. Such a terrible, terrible, uh, just a, a place where ideas were not allowed to be exchanged, where things and information that would have been harmful to one particular political group and ideology and worldview were not allowed to be shared. People were silenced. The former president of the United States literally had his Twitter account taken down. Do we know how incredibly insane that really is? I think when I was in school, of course, it was 150 years ago, but the very notion that a former president's Twitter account would have been taken down, we would have said, or my professors would have said, would have never happened. But here we are. Here we are dealing with that reality. And I just just that in and of itself... As Vladimir Putin can tweet, I mean, just think about that. As the Iranian, the, the evil leaders in Iran, which does not include the people, it's the leadership, right? I mean, they can tweet, people like that can tweet, but President, former President Trump cannot do that? I mean, it's insane to think about. So I fully expect this, some of this stuff to be cleaned up, free speech to be respected again. There will be less shadow banning hopefully no shadow banning but you know what i i wonder though i wonder if elon musk is about to walk into the equivalent of what president trump walked into when he became the president of the united states and had to deal with you know the the bureaucratic state if you want to say the deep state people that were literally working against his wills and wishes doing precisely the opposite of the things you know inside that bureaucratic state people that could never even be identified It's almost like this again nailing jello to the wall i love that analogy because i think that's pretty accurate when it comes to figuring out where the problem is inside this bureaucratic state these these people can move and you know they just they're very it's hard to pin down the actual problem which is why one of the reasons why we should just over, reduce the size of government as it is to make those uh, those realities less common by by simply reducing the size of the federal maybe dramatically maybe getting rid of entire well probably getting rid of entire departments but I wonder if <laughs> and of course he's going to be the uh, you know the, the 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 employer and all this sort of stuff it's uh, you know, private private company and all that but i do wonder you know what's going to happen cuz the twitter is a place where the radical left i mean they are entrenched there both on the platform as users and in the company as people who are you know making determining whose tweets are going to be taken down Determining how many times your tweet is going to be seen. Determining whose story gets to be retweeted weeks before the election as Miranda Devine found out when she tweeted out about the Hunter Biden laptop from the, the New York Post when that was shut down three or four weeks before the election. So what do those radical leftists do? Do they stick around? Do they resign? Do they... Try to continue their reign of censorship, like the deep state did, the bureaucratic state, to try to subvert the intentions of President or of Elon Musk, as the bureaucratic state did for Elon, you know, um, for President Trump. I mean, I find these things interesting. Do they flee to a new platform? I I showed me a picture. I don't know if it's accurate. I part of me believes if it wasn't accurate, it's a pretty good depiction of what was accurate. Um, Some people at Twitter that were very upset upon hearing the news that Elon Musk had purchased Twitter. You know, there's going to be all sorts of crazy reactions. I'm sure there already has been. Um, But there will be some good that comes for this. I think there will be a lot of good. I want to explore this today. I think there's a lot of things that we can... I think there's a lot of things that that this could... A lot of positives, let me just say that. And I want to go through some things. I think there's going to be some things that we're going to learn as well. And that might be perhaps the most terrifying thing of all for the radical left to come to grips with some of the things that we're going to learn after Elon Musk takes control of Twitter and, God willing, cleans up the mess over there. So timeout is in order. Quick timeout, my friends. Come back and continue this discussion. Again, for those of you who just may be uh, tuning in, you are forgiven, by the way, by the way, for not joining us earlier. But we're talking about Elon Musk, who recently purchased, well, just purchased Twitter for what ninety or ninety forty three or forty four billion dollars. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the the positive things that are going to come that I think are going to come from this. Without putting Elon Musk on a pedestal and saying he's the solution, but what he's talking about doing and the principles upon which he's consistently stood on for a long time. Things he's been saying repeatedly for a long time. Those are precisely the sorts of things that need to happen at Twitter and in this country as a whole. I've got to take a break. Sit tight, my friends, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Discussing here today Elon Musk purchasing and privatizing Twitter, which again, If you're not on there, I just there's things that matter here. There's things that far exceed social media. That far exceed uh, the issue of of you know specific to Twitter. There's a lot of things that I think that are going on going on here. Um, As I mentioned last segment, I do find myself wondering. I really do. I find myself wondering what are these radical leftists at Twitter going to do? Because these folks, uh, you. For those that have listened to this program for a long time, you know that I use terms, I mean, I'm pretty selective in how I use some of these terms. I'll say the radical left. The radical left is who's the problem today in the United States of America. The radical left. These are people who aren't just liberals, who aren't just people who have different priorities and political perspectives these are people who have a viewpoint and a worldview that is truly antithetical the exact opposite of what our founding fathers set forth it's the exact opposite of truth it is dangerous it is insidious it's made its way into schools this is where all this crazy stuff comes from crt transgender stuff socialist stuff all these sorts of things come from the godless radical left and that's a very so that's not all democrats the democrat party has become the vehicle that the radical left is using to politically force their ideology upon the united states of america its her, her citizens and so forth you and me and so that is the problem i mean of course the democrat problem party has always had its its problems as well um But rank-and-file Democrats don't agree with this stuff. You've heard me talk about this as well. Rank-and-file Democrats are not radical leftists. There's a lot of single-issue or a couple-issue Democrat voters, union Democrats, teachers who are Democrats. Um, Rank-and-file Democrats are not radical leftists, but yet they often decide to vote, and I'm getting to something with Twitter on this, they often decide to vote um, because you know they're they're persuaded by by something that's the most important to them. They're persuaded to believe that the Democrat Party has the solution, whether they're pro-choice, whether they're pro-union, whether they're pro—I mean, you you could th- those to me are the big are the bigger ones right there. But there's others as well, and they will abandon. It's amazing. They might have eighty-five percent in common with you with me, but yet they associate with the Democrat Party, a party with which with whom they have maybe 10%, maybe 5% commonality, but the 5% is the thing that's most important to them. And that's what they do. And so why does that matter for Twitter? I'll tell you why that matters for Twitter. When it's run by the radical left, and make no mistake, the rat the most radical of the radical leftists are working in places like Twitter and it's because it's because they have adopted this mentality they the, the the average rank and file radical leftist not the rank and file democrat i'm talking about the radical leftists these these folks again government is their god they will stop at nothing this this is everything in the entire universe to them the advancement of their radical leftist worldview and ideology this is Paramount. This is the most important thing on planet Earth in their lives. And they will stop at nothing. They never sleep. They look at doing things like remember Obama was a community organizer. They they view they view everything through this this uh, what the social social justice warrior lens. Everything is a a chess move to have a political outcome. They want to see their worldview. They know, they know they can't come, let's say, come on a show like this. That's why they always run. They run for the hills because I, I invite them, and I am genuinely open to having them on here. I am willing to listen. I will be kind and polite. They will get a full dose of conservative, not better, but I'm going to press them. And they know that in the, in the light of day and when, it is, when, when their ideology is out there for everyone to see, it loses. It loses badly. But you know what they have learned? They've learned when they can manipulate information, when they can keep things hidden, when they can downplay the Hunter Biden laptop story, when they can subtly change definitions and, you know, Um, tried and true, what's the Webster's Dictionary, right? Definitions of words have changed. Gender, these things, and then you're not allowed to ask. Those things have all changed. The definitions literally of these words have been, they haven't really changed. They've just been changed to accommodate the worldview and what they're trying to push next. By the way, get fully prepared. As we've talked about this before, they are about to embark in fact you could say they have already started the process of embarking upon the next the next little strategy which is to go completely hog wild with climate change policy i was actually watching something the other day and saw i think a cbs you know one of these eight hour specials that's hyperbole by the way but multiple hour specials on climate change and how it's dire if we don't act man's going to destroy the planet we may have we may have 15 minutes to make a decision as as to whether or not we can uh you know allow f- gas cars to be on the road and all this sort of stuff this is this is what they do they want to they want to manipulate opinion they know they can't win the debate head on but they can keep information from people continue to feed them nonsense and they do it through vehicles like twitter it's not the only one, but they do it through vehicles like this. They do it through vehicles like Google. They do it through vehicles like YouTube. They do it through vehicles like the mainstream media. This is what they do. And this is why they don't, they've, they've literally come out and said they do not want to see certain ideas expressed on these social media platforms. They're so deadly and dangerous. Well, if they're so deadly and if they're so dangerous, Shouldn't you be able to articulate that and to win that argument once and for all, put the metaphorical nail in the coffin and not have to worry about it because people are no longer being persuaded by it? Well, that's not what they do. Instead, they do the exact opposite. See, I have the theory that says if my opponent in an argument is spewing nonsense, I think you should let them spew it all day long. Let them, let them articulate the complete insanity of their beliefs. This will repel people from the idea. This will make people realize how stupid it is, how dangerous it is. And yes, sometimes people like me have to come along and connect some of the dots for folks, and that's fine. I love doing that. Sometimes people like, you know, we all have our, have our role here. Sometimes you have to do it in your sphere of influence and, you know, persuade and all these sorts of things. That's a necessary component of this. But the bottom line here is that Twitter, oh, this is, we're now, we are now in, this is almost like the high priesthood. I usually say the government is like the high priesthood for the radical left, but controlling information is too. And and manipulating opinion is, they love that. They love it because that's the only way they can win is to keep information, to keep ideas, to keep arguments out of, the public, per, you know, the the, the public uh, marketplace. And so now Elon Musk comes along, and that's all about the change. That's all about the change. But I do think that there is one thing that may terrify them the absolute most, and I want to get to that after the break. But i got to take a time out long in this segment, as usual. Sit tight, my friends. Listening to the Todd Huff Show, the home of conservative Not Better Talk, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So what is, what is perhaps the biggest fear the radical left have with losing, with losing control of Twitter? Now, if you pay close attention, you'll probably hear screams at the universe today, Dah! as they did when Trump won the election and most subsequent years, um, either on election day or an inauguration day when they would, you know scream and cry and pound their chests and uh, ashes and sackcloth and all that sort of stuff. So if you pay attention, you will hear that because they don't like losing control. They don't like giving up control of the narrative. They don't like the light of truth. They don't like free speech. They want to be able to determine what you can hear because they think that they are the arbiters of, well of what the discussion should be about and, and what the terms are and who should be able to say what, who should be silent, right? In the cases of, of race, they think that the radical left says white people should just sit down and shut up, that sort of stuff. Like, this is this is who they think they are. They think, again, they hold the answers. There's a massive amount of arrogance and condescension. I mean, it really is. I. It really is, in essence, the radical today's radical leftist movement is truly an anti-God state of mind. I I don't know how else to say it. Now, I'm not saying that that is again. You've already uh, differentiated between Democrats and the radical left, but the the radical left, they it is just oh, it's it's just poisonous and venomous. So, but what's their biggest? I think their biggest fear, their biggest fear. I really think I really think when the initial emotion wears off of this, which may take a long time, it may take decades <laughs> with these radical leftists. But once they cut through the orig- you know, the, the initial just raw emotion of, of thinking of they, they've lost, they've lost one of these, you know, sacred institutions, I really think this is how they view this. But once all that kind of goes by the wayside, I think one of the first things they're going to start worrying about is being exposed for just how greatly over-exaggerated the number of people that are actually in their group. You see, when you can control the means of communication, when you can silence your political opponents when you can amplify the voice of your political allies, people who are saying the same sort of nonsensical gibberish, when you can, in the case of Google, I mean, literally Google can convince half of Americans. I, I shared this with someone today. Americans can witness an event. Let's, I mean, just let's say it's 9-11. I am telling you Google, I think, could almost convince half of Americans. 9-11 didn't happen if they if they made it to where articles and, and videos of that story were not searchable and you couldn't find anything, any evidence, there would be people that would think, well, Google says it didn't happen, so it didn't happen. Now my numbers are exaggerated for a little bit of an effect there, but the point is the same. The point is that there is a group of people that believe this stuff, and the radical left, while they may be a lot of things, they really aren't stupid as far as uh, you know, it coming to strategy and so forth they know what they're trying to accomplish here and they know the means by which to do that and they know we you know of course we we call Oz Oz here and one of the reasons I call Oz Oz is because I I originally said you're like the you know the man behind the curtain or the woman behind the curtain here um that no one knows and like the wizard of Oz is back there pulling all the levers and making things happen and everything and but I think the left is afraid of 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 having that curtain pulled back because there's not as much there there as they want us to believe. They they want us to believe that this is a massive popular movement and it is not. I I am telling you in my opinion, I think 70, 70 maybe even slightly more of the people in this country agree with the vast majority of what they hear on this program. And I I am telling you, I just, I, I believe that. I believe that anecdotally. I believe that even can be true if you look at some uh, some polling. But I think they're afraid that the curtain's about to be pulled back, and there's not as many in their group as they want us to believe. This is why, by this, the way I, I've said before, half-jokingly, you know in my experiences we traveled the country from you know with this with this show and the just kind of the beginnings of kind of the the first phase of the truth toward us to maybe learn some things and we traveled the southern coast from Florida to Louisiana to Texas to New mexico i I've said you know i've 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 been trying to find I'm looking for one of the, one of the proud proud being a very key word here. One of the proud 81 million Biden voters. Where are they? Right? Same thing is true about Twitter. You see all these, these tweets that seem to be promoting a radical leftist worldview. But it's what, 10% of people use Twitter in, the, in America and 1% of the users of Twitter um, account for the vast majority of tweets. Some such numbers like this. And they're... I mean, it's it's radical leftist voices amplified to the nth degree, and conservatives are literally, Republicans, and people with alternative worldviews and, and, and viewpoints are shut down and silenced. I think as much as anything, they're afraid of being exposed for not being nearly what they want us to think they are in number. And I'm telling you, they know this. They know this. If they didn't know this, why do they constantly try to Confuse voters as to what the issues of the day are whenever they go to the polls. Why don't they just come out and say, "I am socialist"? What do you hear people do this? M- maybe Bernie, maybe Elizabeth Warren, maybe AOC. But folks, there is four hundred and thirty-five members of Congress. Most of them, when it comes election time, want to pretend like they're moderate or even slightly conservative in areas. If it's just economic. Nobody wants to take the blame for defund the police. No one wants to take, they act like CRT is not a thing, right? What are you talking about? We don't know what you're talking about, right? Transgender stuff, they act like they they misrepresent bills. Don't say gay bill because they say, yeah, you know, let's have a debate on transgenderism and, and having kids taught about this. If we had a straight up debate and didn't have those fake terms thrown around, they would get slaughtered in public opinion, and they know it. The American people are not radical leftists. The American people think, I think they think, that there are more radical leftists out there than there really are because people like Twitter, this is the point, have been used as a tool to silence certain people and to amplify the voices of others. And I think they know they're about to get exposed in some to some degree here. So, quick timeout. A few more things to say about this before we wrap it for the day. Back here in just a minute. back my friends. I'm going to do this really quickly and just kind of sum this up today. I was just sharing with odds. I saw a video somewhere about this. I don't know if it was on a TV show. I don't remember where this was. In World War II, there was a group of uh they they were studying aircraft that came back after flying sorties and they found that there was damage in certain part of the aircraft. And so there was a mathematician I think that was assigned the responsibility of determining the patterns of where these planes were getting you know, getting shot, shot through the wings or getting damaged. And then the thinking was, we're going to use the, you know, what he finds to help us strengthen those areas so that they must be the vulnerable parts. And the mathematician said, you know what? You're thinking about this wrong. There's another way to think about this. The planes that come back with holes in this part of the wing, for example, have proven that that's not a catastrophic blow, What you really need to look for are planes that don't come back, or or to to find where the where are planes coming back where there's not damage. Because what that tells me, this mathematician, this scientist, if I dare say, what he what he was pointing out was those are the those are the places. If you're not finding planes coming back with damage in the fuselage, then that means if they get struck there, and I'm just picking, I'm not saying that's where the damage was. I'm just for the sake of the analogy of the discussion. That means that that is making a catastrophic blow to the aircraft. Those aircraft are not returning back, and we really need to spend our efforts on strengthening those areas. Now, I told Oz during the break, Twitter, if if that situation was in the Twitter's world, if Twitter was around when that sort of conversation was happening, I can see Twitter saying, oh, this, this scientist, this mathematician is actually promoting propaganda he's actually he's actually not even trying to protect our aircraft and then you silence his argument right twitter would have silenced his argument in this in this metaphor and then twitter would have put fact check things and oh if you you know do you know that aircraft only return with holes here why is he trying to protect aircraft in places they aren't getting shot they don't even allow him to make his case and it's quite freaking compelling that's what happens in, in a Twitter, in a pre-Elon Musk Twitter world, social media run like Twitter was run, like Facebook was run and YouTube, that stuff would have been silenced. And that, my friends, I think is, a, is one way of thinking about this. We're not When you're not allowed to have full and robust debate, and if that guy was silenced, we might have strengthened part of aircrafts in World War II That only would have led to more aircraft not returning home. Quick time out. Back here in just a minute. And folks, that little short story analogy is is just one of the reasons why free speech is so important. I mean, we have to. We have to have places where we can exchange, debate these robust ideas, these things that matter tremendously. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of consequence, right? With the example that I stated or shared last last segment. I mean aircraft were not coming home. Why why do we act as though science and truth is so fragile? What's actually fragile are the people who are willing to believe in things that are clearly not true and are afraid to hear evidence that is contrary to anything they want to believe. And I've got to go. Folks, have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.